Well, hello, City First Church. I am so glad that each and every one of you are joining us today. I want to say a huge welcome to all of our locations, Spring Creek, State Line, Cape Coral, Online, which is the majority of you these days, right? <laughs> and a special greeting to our God Behind Bars crew. We love you. We are praying for you. We are so glad that you are a part of us. And I'm just so glad that each and every one of you are joining us today. Well, you guys, it has been a crazy week here in Rockford, okay? We had... Uh, a tornado on Monday. Yes, I said a tornado on Monday, and the path went right over the church. There was damage to dozens of trees, the roof. I mean, areas inside of the church were leaking. But guys, I'd like to say I'm surprised, but it's 2020, right? So we honestly cannot make this stuff up. You know, I had someone actually comment to me this week. They said, what level of Jumanji are we on anyway? <laughs> really feels like that, right? Like what's coming next? Well, I am so glad that in the middle of all of this that we can have these times together because we get to come together and dive into the word of God. We get to discover how we are supposed to live in our day-to-day -day lives. Yes, even during a pandemic and tornadoes and homeschooling, you know, we're in this Essentials 2020 series, and we've been focusing on a verse in the book of Colossians in the New Testament, in the Bible. I'm going to read it to you. It's in chapter 3, verse 20, and it says this, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, do you know you're dearly loved? Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. You know, this scripture is talking about what we should clothe ourselves in as followers of Jesus. Now listen, there has been lots of back and forth, right, about what is essential and non-essential during this season. But I think one thing that we can all agree on is that clothing is essential, right? <laughs> That's one thing that we can all agree on. Well, this verse is obviously not talking about physical clothing. The Apostle Paul, who was the author of the book of Colossians, is talking about characteristics that we should be putting on as believers. Because we are following Jesus Christ, we have a new wardrobe. How many of you would like a whole new wardrobe? I would, even getting dressed today for this, I was like, I need some new clothes. I love the word picture here. Do you know that because of Christ, we have a whole new set of clothes that we get to put on? We've taken the last few weeks and we've talked about some of these different pieces from our wardrobe. We talked about compassion and kindness and patience. And today we're talking about gentleness. I just knew, okay, you guys, that when we decided to do this series, that this topic of gentleness would be delegated to me, okay? Of course, give the girl the topic of gentleness. And I'm not going to lie, this topic intimidated me at first, okay? I mean, have you ever heard an entire message on being gentle? And I already know what's happening right now. Some of you are tempted to turn off this broadcast. You're thinking, gentleness? What does that have to do with me? I mean, maybe it's just me, but I've never woken up in the morning and said to myself, today, my goal is to be more gentle. But here's the deal. I want you to stick with me here, okay? 
Don't touch that dial because I think by the end, you'll see that gentleness truly is an essential. Maybe we should be waking up with a prayer saying, Lord, please make me more gentle today. To have an understanding of true gentleness, I want to take a second to define what it is. But first, let's talk about what it is not, okay? This is really important because I think sometimes with gentleness, we might have a stereotype that is perhaps inaccurate. Gentleness is not weak. It is not passive. It is not silent. It is not subtle. It is not timid. Instead, Gentleness is straightforward, it's fearless, it's honest, sincere, thoughtful, empathetic, and courteous. By definition, I want to read it for you, gentleness is this, it is a strong hand with a soft touch. It is a tender, compassionate approach towards others' weaknesses and limitations. A gentle person still speaks truth sometimes even painful truth, but in doing so guards their tone so the truth can be well received. To help give you a little bit more color to what this attribute looks like, I want to tell you about a friend of mine. His name is Dr. Walker. I want you to picture him, okay? I want you to just like listen to this description. I want you to picture a man who is about six foot five. He's well-groomed with a head of thick gray hair with a matching beard and mustache. He loves to sit on his deep red colored leather Kensington chair with his legs crossed and a kind focus that lets you know that you are being listened to intently. When he speaks, his voice is low and soft, kind of like Sean Connery, who is the best 007 by the way. With smooth intonation, his words of wisdom, um, thoughtful questions, and honestly, his forthright talk let you know that he has your best interests in mind. Dr. Walker, to me, is a picture of gentleness. I also found this definition of what a gentleman is. It was written in 1869. I want you to listen to this. It says this, the gentleman is always truthful and sincere will not agree for the sake of compliance or out of weakness, will not pass over that of which he disapproves. He has a clear soul and a fearless, straightforward tongue. On the other hand, he is not blunt and rude. His truth is courteous, his courtesy truthful. Never a humbug, yet where he truthfully can, he prefers to say pleasant things. Now, why do I give you these mental pictures of gentleness? Because I don't want you to think that gentleness is something that it's not. Gentleness is strong, not weak. Caring, not careless. Bold, not timid. Sincere, not selfish. And real, but not rude. Paul's instructions to clothe ourselves in gentleness is meant to give us, you guys, a mindset and how we are to interact with people in our families, in our workplace, in our communities. And I want to point something out, okay? And we'll talk more about this later, is that we're not just meant to treat other Christ followers or people who think like us with gentleness. We're to treat 
everyone this way. You know, once I really dove into this meaning of gentleness, I couldn't help but think about the landscape of the world that we live in right now. You know, there's tons of strife and anger and lots of hate. There's the cancel culture. I mean, there's fear and frustration and lots of uncertainty, right? There's abuse and violence and it's just not good, right? So can I propose something to you today that maybe now more than ever, gentleness is needed in every space, starting in us, personally, in our homes, in our relationships, and in our workplaces. So now that we know what gentleness is, how do we walk gentleness out in our lives right where we are at? The first point that I want to talk about today is this, is that to walk in gentleness, we need to move in the opposite spirit. You know, as Christ followers, we live in an upside down kingdom where the way our heavenly father asks us, even, can I be honest, commands us to respond, to live, and to act in a very different way than what the world says. Maybe, just maybe, the creator, the one who made us and who knows us best, has some insight into the way that we should work in this world. You know, years ago, well, probably decades ago now, I learned the spiritual principle of moving in the opposite spirit. And honestly, it was life-changing for me. It helped me see my personal struggles and the situations that we face as a world on a grander scale in a whole new different light. Let me give you a really silly personal example, okay? So a few, a, a long time ago, I was making a really gourmet lunch for my husband of chicken and stars soup, okay? Yes, Campbell's chicken and stars soup out of the can. And I love chicken and star soup, okay? We always have it in our house, even to this day. And so I was making it for Jer. This was, again, before we had kids so long time ago. And I was pouring out the soup into the bowls. And as I was doing so, I noticed that one bowl had more stars <laughs> than the other. And in my mind, I thought, well, I'm going to take the bowl that has more stars, And in that moment, I know it sounds so silly, you guys, so silly. But in that moment, there was a flag that (laughs) went up inside of me. It was like, what is that? Like, why do you need the bowl with more stars? I mean, because to be real honest with you guys, Jared wouldn't even eat all the stars. But to me, it it was something that I was just like, oh my gosh, why am I so selfish? And so in that moment, okay, I had a decision to make. Do I give the bowl with less stars to Jer and keep the one with more for myself? Or do I move, okay, I want you to listen to this, move in the opposite spirit of selfishness and actually walk in generosity and servanthood, not because anybody's going to notice, but because I knew in my heart of hearts that what I was about ready to do was a selfish act for me. See, moving in the opposite spirit helps counteract and opposes a negative spirit or thoughts or feelings. Overcoming takes confrontation, 
right? I, I wanted to, and it's always been a prayer of mine, God, make me a selfless person. I want to be a selfless person, but in order to overcome that, I have to confront that. And the best way to confront that is with the opposite spirit. You know, this whole series that we are in right now is really about moving in the opposite spirit. Gentleness is all about moving in the opposite spirit. And this spiritual principle, it works for so much more. Some of you, I'm telling you, if you will grasp this idea, this this principle of moving in the opposite spirit, it can change your life. See, because if you're selfish, if you deal with selfishness, how do you move in the opposite spirit? Go serve someone. Go to the back of the line. (laughs) If you deal with jealousy, if you're having jealous thoughts towards someone, can I tell you, go bless that person. Go bless them. Are you feeling lazy? Well, then guess what? Move. Just even a little bit. Move. Do you struggle with pride? Well, go do something in secret. Go scrub a toilet. We got plenty here at the church, right? (laughs) What if you're mean? You're somebody who's just mean-spirited. I want you to try being generous and kind. You know, I have learned that generosity is actually the cure for a lot. (laughs) Angry. What if you're an angry person? then I want you to try living out gentleness when you're not angry. Even when you're not in the heat of the moment, I want you to just try being kind and living out gentleness with your words and with your truth. If you deal with insecurity, build other people up. If you're fearful, step out of that comfort zone and do something when you're afraid. Are you bitter? Are you bitter? Then extend forgiveness. Yes, yes, yes. It will probably feel very uncomfortable (laughs) and it won't seem natural. But when you have those red flag moments where you're thinking to myself, what is that? Why am I feeling that way? Or what is going on in this world than the bigger picture? Instead of just being driven by our feelings, instead invite the Holy Spirit into the moment and ask him, Lord, how can I move? in the opposite spirit. How can I move in the opposite spirit? And when it comes to gentleness, when the world, our world in us and around us is unreasonable and volatile and harsh and agitated and turbulent, may we move in gentleness or other words that are used in the, in the New Testament for the word gentleness, meekness and reasonableness we can have truth with grace. Do you guys know that? Gentleness is not not saying something, okay, or not doing something or being passive. It's the spirit in which you say it, in which you do it, and how you act on it. I think a lot more change would be leveraged, could be leveraged in us and around us if more people approached situations and circumstances with gentleness. You know, Max Lucado, he's an author. He has a quote, and it's pretty profound about gentleness and being gentle. And he says this, nothing is won by force. I choose to be gentle. If I raise my voice, may it be only in praise. If I clinch my fist, may it be only in prayer. And if I make a demand, may it be only of myself. My prayer is that we would have the wisdom and the courage, right, and the strength 
to walk in gentleness when everything around us, right, everything around us, and even maybe in us, is swirling with the exact opposite. Now, I realize that this may seem like a tall order, okay? <laughs> but it brings me to the next way that we can walk in gentleness. And the second way that we can walk in gentleness is this, is that realize that you have a new nature. Everybody say that, new nature, right? New nature. Many of us, including myself, okay, might say that gentleness just isn't my nature. It's just not how I roll, Jen, okay? And I know that very few people actually have a natural leaning and tendency towards gentleness. But here is the good news, that when you received Christ into your life, you received a new nature. You received a new nature. And it actually talks about that in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. And it says this, Therefore, if anyone, anyone, that means that can be everyone, and that includes you, is in Christ he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. You know, I think some of us need to debunk the lie. That's just not who I am. And that's just a lie. We need to debunk that lie. I need you to hear me today, okay? I don't want you to just pass off this idea that you're just not gentle or humble or compassionate, but it's just not who you are. No, 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 no. I want you to remind yourself, okay, that you are a new creature with a new nature and a new spirit, and the spirit of God lives in you. I know that might seem weird, right? The spirit of God lives in me, but the Bible talks about how when we receive Christ, he takes up residence in us. And I was talking to someone this week who shared with me this aha moment when she was reminded of this truth that, wait a second, with Christ, I have a new nature. I have a new nature. I don't have to just live with the lie that uh, that's just not the way I am. No, no, no. I have a new nature. You know, my husband is a perfect example of this, is that Jer is someone who I can say was not always gentle. Those who knew him when he first gave his life to the Lord would say that was not who he was. And it has been a journey of learning in how to bridle what he could say, how he said it, as well as how he acted and responded to people in situations. But now he has an understanding, right, that because of his new nature, because of Christ in him, he has what it takes to walk differently, and so do you. So don't write off this idea that gentleness isn't for you, right? It's for everyone, and we can live that way because Christ lives in us. So what are the two things, right? So far, we are moving in the opposite spirit, and we also realize that we have a new nature. Number three is this, remember where you came from. You know, the Apostle Paul, who wrote the verse in Colossians that we've been studying, also wrote about gentleness in multiple other letters that he wrote in the New Testament. So here's one to a brother in Christ, and it's found in Titus chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, and it says this, Remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient 
to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be, there's our word, gentle, and to show perfect courtesy toward all people, right? For we ourselves, I want you guys to listen to this, for we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days away in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. But when, oh, you guys, but when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us, not because of works done, by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy. Here we learn, right? And I referenced it earlier to be gentle with all people. Why? Because we were once disconnected from God. But God, and I want you to listen to this. Oh, the goodness of God. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us, right? Not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his mercy, we are gentle because of God's mercy towards us. We are meant to be gentle with all people, not just those who agree with us, who think like us, who act like us, who see as we do, we are to be gentle and show perfect courtesy to everyone. Why? Because of the goodness of God. How many of you have been recipients of the goodness of God? How many of you have been recipients of his loving kindness? You guys, we were the ones, right, (laughs) who were splitting hell wide open, (laughs) We were the ones in defiance of God. We were the ones who indulged, who hated. So now we are gentle with those who still are. God, my prayer is that you would give us a revelation of your kindness and your goodness towards us, your goodness towards us, so that we can be gentle and walk in that with others. That is my prayer for you guys. So we move in the opposite spirit, right? We realize that we have a new nature and remember where we came from. And the fourth thing that we do to walk in gentleness is this. We recognize that it's not totally up to you. We recognize that it's not totally up to you. And some of you just said a big whew, right? I know it's a big whew for me because I can't make myself be gentle. You know, again, in another letter from the Apostle Paul, this time to the church of Galatia, he talks of gentleness, really famous verse, okay? A couple verses, Galatians chapter five, verses 22 and 23. I'm gonna read out of the Amplified Version. It's a little bit wordy, but it really paints for us the picture of the fruits of the Spirit. It says this, but the fruit of the Spirit, the result of his presence within us is love, unselfish concern for others, joy, inner peace, patience, not the ability to wait, but how we act while waiting, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. You know, gentleness and the other fruits of the Spirit are this, okay, this word, results. Results of what? 
His presence, this version says, his presence within us. The very fact that Christ lives in us should develop fruit. And one of those fruits will be gentleness, a quiet strength. So how does that work? Okay, how does that work? See, fruit bearing isn't automatic. Okay, it's not automatic. But it is a natural result of the right environment and care. I want to show you what I mean real quick, okay? So this is my fiddle fig tree from my home. It made the trip to the church today. You guys, I have not killed this fiddle fig tree, and um, it's a miracle. Okay, so this fiddle fig tree stays in a corner of my house. It's the perfect corner. It gets a little bit of sunlight. And because it has sunlight and because I water it and I feed it and I take care of it, guess what? it grows. It grows new leaves. We're going to call the leaves the fruit here on this tree, okay? It grows new leaves. See, when I feed it, and when I put it in the right environment, and when I care for it, I haven't named my plant. I know some people name their plants, okay? I haven't done that. But when that happens, when it's in the right environment, guess what? Things grow. Fruit grows. New leaves grow. And I want to call your attention to this little tiny leaf here that is on the, not the branch, okay? It's actually on the trunk of this tree. See, I couldn't make this leaf grow if I tried. I couldn't make it grow. The growth is actually a miracle, okay? The growth is a miracle. I could not will this thing to grow, but because I took care of it, because it was planted in good soil and it was fed and it had sunlight, it grew something that, man, was unexpected. And can I tell you that our spiritual growth is the exact same way. If we will be in the right environments, if we will be planted, if we'll be planted, and can I just be real honest with you, that just means staying connected. I know we would usually say in this moment, be planted in the house. (laughs) Right now, the house looks a little different for a bunch of us, right? It's not the house of God. It's not the physical house, but it is the body of Christ. And so my encouragement to you is to stay planted, stay connected, okay? And then also, you need to get fed. You need to get fed. If you're planted and you're being fed, okay, what does fed mean? It means you're in the word of God. You're in the Bible. You're praying. You're talking to God. You're worshiping him, okay? You're worshiping him. If you're feeding yourself these things, man, you're going to grow. You will produce fruit. And I want to encourage you guys, man, to be diving into the word of God in this season. Don't, Don't neglect it. Don't neglect it because it will influence your spiritual growth. Another way, okay, that you can be fed is by getting yourself plugged into a life group. Be planted in a life group. And can I tell you, if you have questions about how you can grow in your faith or how you can be connected to this church and planted in this house, we encourage you to check out Growth Track. It's the best next step for every single person. And you can check that out um, by checking out the next step section of our website or on the City First Church app. And we'd love to have you be a part of that every single Sunday. You know, if we will plant ourselves and we will feed ourselves, if we will put ourselves in the right environment around the right people of faith, I'm telling you, growth will come. Fruit will come. Now, listen, it's going to be slowly. You have no idea how long it took how long it took for leaves to grow on my fiddle fig tree, okay? 
You have no idea. It's going to be a lifelong process, but I guarantee you that if you will put yourselves in the right environment, feed yourself, stay planted, be in the presence of God, then you will produce fruit. How amazing, right, that it doesn't all rest on us. The growth is the miracle, and that's the Holy Spirit's job. So what are the four things, right, that we need to be working on? We are moving in the opposite spirit, okay? We're moving in the opposite spirit. We're realizing that we have a new nature. We're remembering where we came from, right? That the goodness and the loving kindness of God has been for us, so we are gentle with all. And then lastly, we have an understanding that it's not all totally up to us. So you guys, I hope that you have learned today that gentleness truly is an essential. And maybe how you can start to cultivate gentleness in your life. And before I pray for you, I wanted to take an opportunity and extend an invitation. Maybe you're watching today and you've never made Jesus the leader and the forgiver of your life. When I was talking about how you have a new nature, right? When we receive Jesus, when we receive Christ, how he lives in us, something in you perked up. You were like, whoa, whoa, I've never heard that before. I want that. See, when you make Jesus, when you make the decision to make Jesus the leader and the forgiver of your life, God gives you a new life, a new life, a new spirit, a new nature. And when you make that decision and you say, you know, what I believe that Jesus is the son of God that he was raised from the dead and you believe that in your heart and and then you say a prayer and say Jesus I want to make you the leader and the forgiver of my life everything changes everything changes and so if you would like to make that decision today I would love to pray a prayer with you and we would love to come alongside you as a church um, to help you um, grow and flourish in your faith so let me pray for you You can just repeat this prayer after me right where you're at. Dear Jesus, I thank you so much that you love me, that you want to give me a new life. I choose today to receive your forgiveness for my sins. I make you the leader and the forgiver of my life. You take control, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Men. Well, in just a few moments, someone's going to come up and tell you about something pretty special that we have for those of you who have made that decision and how we as a church can come alongside you. Well, church, I want to take a second. I just want to pray for you that you would have the strength and the courage and the boldness to walk in gentleness. Remember what gentleness is truly, okay? It's not weak, it's not passive, but it's strong and it's bold and it isn't timid. And God wants us to live that way. He wants us to have that fruit. And so I do pray that even this week, maybe we'd wake up in the morning and say, Holy Spirit, help me to walk in gentleness today. Heavenly Father, I thank you for my friends. I pray that you would help us today. Thank you for your word, Lord God, which is so powerful and strong. And I pray, God, that whatever you had whispered to us today, God, that you would give us the strength and the courage to walk in that. I pray that you would be with my friends. I pay a blessing over them this week. 
um, that they would know that you are close and that you are for them and that you are with us and you are in us. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. We love you, church. We'll see you next week.